This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out alone with Bruce Marshall here on the Sports Better's Paradise. And, well, one of us has a smile. It shouldn't be you, Bruce. And one of us not too happy, which, like, like the people at Southwest Airlines don't have enough to deal with right now. You caused a disturbance on a Southwest Airlines flight, a flight as you're watching that Arkansas meltdown uh, minus a, a couple of points against uh, Kansas last night. I admit I did, and I'm only happy because <laughs> I'm always happy when I do these with you, Jimmy, so that's why I'm happy. But you're right. I thought they were going to arrest me when I got off the plane last night because I was watching that Arkansas thing because we had Arkansas, and uh, that looked like we had that thing in the bag, and then it all sort of went away. I know they won in the end, but unless you got played this really late when the number moved down to one and a half and you took Arkansas, you lost. But, uh, yeah, I was making some noise on the plane looking at that, and people were looking around, what's this guy doing watching – on his phone here. Why is he yelling like that? And uh, I usually am more restrained uh, on a flight. But yes, I did cause a commotion because I had Arkansas last night. Hey, they, 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 the stewardess uh, should have come up to you and say, "Sir, don't you feel lucky enough that you got on a flight today?" <laughs> I mean, this is true. Just don't get greedy. This is true. <laughs> I had Kansas plus three, um, and um, well, I, I was fortunate. There, there's no doubt, but. How much? I talk about all that. What, what's the risk that they could come back? I mean, what's the percentage? It's not much, but when you're running a, a, a reverse, I agree. When when I agree. when you're, you're with two thirty seven and Kansas just used their last time out, you can uh, run. KJ Jefferson is running through people. Yeah, I mean they can't tackle him. Secure it. Go up the middle. Yeah. and just tell him you know ball security number one. Go down as soon as you hit. And leave Kansas with a minute, yeah, and uh, and no timeouts left uh, at the most. I so. ag- I agree. There was no reason to run that. I mean, the play worked until right at the end, and I think he may have been down. But nonetheless, you're right. You know how to run anything risky at that point. I mean, just let they weren't tackling Jefferson. Just let him run it a couple times, and then whatever you do on fourth down. I mean, it's just going to be a little over a minute left, and Kansas still is two scores down with no timeouts. I agree. I think there was no reason to get risky there. Uh, and if Sam Pittman had to do it over again, I think he would do something different. But that's the way. I mean, we're, it's funny because we're talking about Arkansas like they actually won the game in the end. But uh, <laughs> Well, a lot of times it's swept under the road, but it this is. one did, did, did affect the spread. Oh, it did. People were talking oh, about, yes. okay, let's bring up the Belk Bowl with Duke and Cincinnati. Yeah. Let's bring, which, by the way, I had uh, Duke money line. 
and spread in that one. It was a horrible money line beat when they're setting up inside the five for the big game and the field goal at the gun. And then it's just as uh, bad or even worse on the spread beat. So I had a double beat yeah. on that one. Duke, by the way, now 6-0 and in bowl games against since, the spread since since yes. that Belk Bowl. Uh, and uh, you go to the Bahamas Bowl, yep. the Western Kentucky, was it 28 uh, a point deficit in the fourth quarter? Yep. Uh, and in the Hail Mary, the the pitch, and yep. not going for two. But this is one that's uh, getting some of it. And what can you control? So, yep. Joe Pasarczyk and the miracle of the Meadowlands, okay, with Herm Edwards scooping it. Long time ago, okay, but it happened, yep. okay. Um, uh, Mario Cristobal. On a primetime game, yeah. our buddy Brett Musburger was doing it. He's yeah. running the ball instead of taking a knee against Stanford. They lost uh, yeah. in overtime. You have this one, and it just can happen. So no risk is better than low risk. It, I agree. And uh, by the way, I, I have never met anybody who had Cincinnati in that game against Duke. I've run into like a hundred really? pe- like a hundred people. You, you mentioned that game, and they, you know, they, they keep replaying that on Van Pelt. You know, on the bad beats uh-huh. thing on, on the uh, on ESPN, uh, I know a lot of people had Duke in that game, and nobody had Cincinnati. So those losses linger like that, Jimmy. They really do. You're really good at this, and we'll get to our three picks in just a second. But I had a similar money line beat. I was in Vegas. Navy had a long losing streak against Notre Dame. They're inside the five yard line. They're just running the ball to run clock and set up basically an extra point. For the game-winning field goal, they miss it. They know Duke fumbled against Cincinnati. They miss it. Yeah. Notre Dame wins in overtime. Do you remember that year, Bruce? Uh, that was when Johnson was still there, I believe, right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I want to say 05, maybe. Uh, That's probably right. Yeah. Is, thanks, Bruce. You can always <laughs> help me, <laughs> really. Thinking, so I think I must, have was, had, I, had, I must have lost that one, too, because I, both, I do remember. But, yeah. but, you know, both the money lines were coming back pretty cute. Yep. Pretty cute. So, and yep. especially in the bowl games, uh, we see this. Yep. You have these big upsets year after year. You don't yep. know where they're coming, but the beat goes on. The information has been valuable yes. uh, this year in the bowl season. As, I mean, the teams that have always tried to gauge uh, motivation, but the opt-outs, man, give you – they just let you know, hey, we're not as motivated because our key players. So, like UCLA and Pitt, Pitt's got four captains. All four captains yeah. opted out. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And we saw it earlier this week. One, uh, Both examples there. One, New Mexico State really wanted to play that game yes. up in Detroit. Yes. And, man, they, they closed that thing out. Very impressive. And, two, the Coastal Carolina, East Carolina. We knew East Carolina wanted to play. Coastal, all the stuff that's going on, coaching change, guys opt in and out. McCall playing when he was ready to transfer out. I mean, they weren't right. nearly as ready to play as right. East Carolina. So, you're right. I mean, it has worked. That info stuff has worked pretty well thus far in the postseason. Bowling Green is it wasn't so much opt outs, but I have a contact on campus there, and they said, "Man, the guys were just you know not thrilled about having a, an hour trip as their bowl trip." Yeah, you know they go from the conference championship, uh, the division championship game, the last week of the season against Ohio, to just having a, an hour trip uh, to uh, Detroit for the game. And if you have ever been to Detroit, <laughs> I have. Yeah. It's not sunny and beachy and things like that <laughs> no it's not bama yeah how about this the uh, two best players on a team are playing in a game in a game that is far less than what usually is at stake for this proud program 
And also in this spot, Nick Saban, they crush that Michigan State team that one year, but they've had some big losses as well to Utah and Oklahoma and some others along the way when they're when they fall short of their ultimate uh, their ultimate goal in getting into the postseason play, whether it's a two team championship or the college football playoff. Bama's five and a half. It went from four to uh, six and up to six and a half. Now it's settling at five and a half at Bet Rivers. Five and a half and fifty-six and a half against the Big Twelve champion Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this thing was hovering around three a couple weeks ago, and then that first news it jumped about three points immediately uh, to about six. And we saw some six and a halfs, and now it looks like it's settled five and a half, six. When the news that uh, that Young and Anderson were going to play, uh, because a lot of people thought they weren't. Um, now, uh, the, the, the portal and the opt-outs here have actually worked okay for Saban. There were 13 at last count uh, Alabama guys op- uh, not playing in this game, but only one starter. So right. uh, this should be pretty much most of Alabama's uh, team. You wonder, we've talked to people, we've talked about Alabama all year, uh, Jimmy, and what, what was the deal? This team just didn't ever seem to quite fire on all cylinders, but... In a way, they mimicked last year. That team flew very close to the flame much too often last year. A lot of close games, especially out on the road. And it burned them in the Texas A&M game, and then it uh, it got them again in the championship game against Georgia. Though they did get to the championship game. This team, this year, just, you know, they had too many close calls. I know Young missed... Um, uh, you, you know, missed a little bit of action there in October. He was not in there the A&M game, which is one of those mis- mistakes. But they never seemed to quite fire on all cylinders. And you talk to people there, what was the, what was going on? And, and a lot of people think in the era of nil uh, that Coach Saban's having some trouble <clears throat> adjusting uh, to the new realities here. And, and he's just not the ultimate king now. He's got to kind of cater to these guys a little bit more. That's one thought among Alabama people. And two, I, I, I think that, that uh, especially the team two years ago, even though it was the COVID year, I mean, that, that was an exceptional team. And they were so much better than everybody else two years ago. And to compare... Uh, any Alabama team, subsequent team to that one, is going to be, you're going to fall short probably. And even though it's Alabama, that was an exceptional team two years ago. So they're just not quite that good. I don't know that just having Young and Anderson show up here and and is going to snap Alabama to attention. I mean, their pattern has been to play these teams, like I said, play to the level of the opposition. And I would not overlook Kansas State. I think Chris Kleiman has done a great job. Uh, and, and, and by the way, the Big 12, counting Kansas last night and the Texas Tech game, uh, fared pretty well against the SEC yesterday. Now, maybe Alabama's on another level, but I think Kansas State might be too. Uh, and I like the way that uh, we talked about them through the season. When Martinez got hurt and, and, and uh, Howard had to come back in at quarterback, they didn't skip a beat. In fact, I mean, Howard, half a season, 15 TD passes and two picks. You extrapolate that out to if he played a full season, that's a 30-4. and four. Uh, I mean, he was exceptional in there. Martinez is available again for this game, but uh, Kleiman, who was a great hire, a great hire by Kansas State a few years ago out of North Dakota State, uh, Howard's going to start the game. Deuce Vaughn reminds guys like me who are old enough to remember Mac Heron. He is the modern Mac Heron, maybe a little better. Mini back, but he is awfully hard to tackle. They've had hardly any opt-outs into this game. Uh, good point spread team. I-, I think this is a close game, and that's just the way Alabama played them this year and last year, Jimmy. Uh, 30 to 27. Um, I-, I think this going to be Alabama. I think can win this game, but I'm not going to lay the points. I think I'll take K State. Oh, Bruce, I've got tons to touch on, which you touched on, okay? And now here, sarcasm alert, first of all, all right? Um, the COVID season. Um, 
a lot of people think that think that you know Cal and Stanford and those those type of schools have you know elite academics and a lot of really smart people. They could not compare to the doctors in Tuscaloosa during the COVID year. Okay, I, I mean let's let's None. face it. I yeah. mean you know I mean nobody had a stronger medical team than Nick Saban. Oh, I know zero. Nobody. Not one player missed one game due to COVID. There's Cook in the books, and then there's Alabama during the COVID season, okay? I know they want to count championships that never even happen. Throw that out. Okay, that's not reality. We can't compare Alabama teams to that. This is a roster that's just not as good, okay? Imagine this roster with Jacob Coker playing quarterback. If they had five 50-50 games, how many would they have gone down with, yeah. with, with Coker? This is an elite quarterback, maybe the best quarterback's ever played yeah. for them, who had another great season. All right? The other thing, okay, what you thought he was mad at, at uh, Jimbo buying the, uh, the highest rate of recruiting class in the country? So what does he do? He trumps it, and he buys now the better one. Okay? And, I mean, they, they got it. it it's uh, a lot. He can't coach the guys quite as hard, and I think that is what you're seeing in some of the mental mistakes and the amount of penalties. It's not as buttoned up as a typical Nick Saban team. I believe that as far as the NIL. But he can still go out and evaluate Gibbs from Georgia Tech and Tua Tua uh, from Tennessee, and now the tight end from Maryland. So uh, the the NIL just stretches. He just got a little later start than Jimbo, but he's going to be just fine. I just think he can't coach these guys quite as hard. And there are opt-outs and there are Bama opt-outs. Of the 13 opt-outs, Bruce, uh, 12 and a half is the the, the over-under on how many Nikki pushed out the door. Yeah, okay, right. so you know, a lot of things you start up when you talk about the little Nicky. So anyway, and Bruce, I got to tell you, you're on Kansas State. I respect you. But if Bryce Young and Anderson play, what more of a stronger statement than in, in, in this era of those two guys playing? A couple of top ten picks, they're going to play in a, I don't know, I'd, be, I'd watch out for Bama. I think this one might mean a little bit more than some of the previous ones. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll move on. Okay. Talk about motivation. Here we go. <laughs> USC's playing to get into the college football playoff in Las Vegas against Utah. They're rolling. They, they took care of UCLA. They took care of Notre Dame as that backloaded schedule. Now they play uh, Utah in the makeup. I'm sorry, the rematch of a game that they probably should have won at Salt Lake City uh, where they were leading for all but, I don't know, to, uh, a minute or so. Tulane is excited as heck ever. It's 1939 we're going to go back to is this big of a bowl game uh, for uh, Tulane. USC 1.5 and 62.5. The major watches. We, we expect Caleb Williams to play in this game coming off of a hamstring injury with your probable number one pick next year. USC 1.5 and 62.5 and right now at Bet Rivers. Yeah, all of that, and uh, you're right. It's a this is a, a rematch of the Rose Bowl, 91 years ago. Okay, so it's taken Tulane a long time to get back, and now there's another major bowl. Tulane can chalk this one up now uh, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, 21-12, Howard Jones thundering herd beat uh, Tulane 91 years ago. Ernie Pinkert scored a couple of touchdowns for SC, so this is going way back in Trojan lore uh, for that one. However. Don't compare this team to that one. And uh, that was a national title team for SC. This one is not. 
Uh, I thought it was sort of a pretender the whole season because it was basically Oklahoma from last year. That's what uh, Lincoln Riley, that's the sort of team Lincoln Riley had uh, the last few years at Oklahoma. Really good. The offense is great. Another Heisman winner. Defense is not. Uh, and all season long, we saw SC having to to, uh, to 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 shovel water to kind of make up for that defense, which was yielding all season long. And uh, it ended up making several big plays. I mean, in the first half of the season, a lot of interceptions, and they led the nation in turnover margin. But, man, did they bend. And they bent, and they bent, and they finally broke in that game against Utah. And they broke a couple of other times uh, during the season, too. Um, Caleb Williams. Uh, well, SC, again, for this game, if you talk to – now, I talked to people there, mm-hmm. and uh, you wouldn't believe it. My dad actually went to SC, and I, here I'm not a big Kid SC fan. Kid your blood, Bruce. Uh, yes, I know. The I know, love. I know. Um, a lot of SC people who were planning on going to either the Fiesta Bowl or to Atlanta aren't going to Cotton, aren't going to uh, uh, to Jerry World. They, they aren't excited about this. They thought they should be playing Alabama or Clemson or somebody like that if they couldn't play in the Final Four. Uh, apparently, that sort of seeped into the team from what I'm hearing. I got guys very close to the program who said they're very worried about this game uh, just because they're not – they don't seem excited about it. Right, right. And, and you hit the nail on the head. Tulane is thrilled to be here. And I maintain a couple things. One, fundamentally, this is a bad matchup for SE. Tulane, we saw them this year. We talked about them a lot. And Spears is a great running back. Uh, he's the American uh, offensive MVP. I mean, he will gouge that SC rush defense, which we saw what Utah did to it in the, in the, and other teams throughout the season. Uh, and, and, and Pratt's a very efficient quarterback. He put up numbers not too much worse than Caleb but this year, and I love Willie Fritz and the way he's got this team going. Back to Williams. Um, now, he's supposedly going to play. I think a diminished Williams is built into this number. Um, uh, okay. But uh, listen, it, it, the hamstring, like, like you mentioned, that's not an easy thing to come back from. And you can re- you tweak it. I, I don't, it's only been, it's going to be about four weeks since he hurt the hamstring. Not enough time to get near 100%. If he's not at 100%, or if he's the way he was from the middle of the second quarter on in the Utah game, SC is not any different than it was last year. Uh, they're really not. His ability to extend plays was everything to SC. He was a worthy Heisman winner. No player impacted a team as much as Williams. Yeah. Unable to do that, though, they become just another team, and maybe just an average team. 44-7, to they got outscored from the second mid-second quarter on against Utah. Tulane is going to gouge them. They're going to score. They're going to run roughshod, I think, and if Williams isn't close to 100%, and I don't think he is, uh, and Addison, by the way, is out. Uh, he's not going to play in this game. Right. Uh, they've got some opt-outs. SC's not going to. Uh, this could be a comfy Tulane win. So I'm all over Tulane. It's probably going to go over, I think, too. But first recommendation, this is one of my favorite bowl plays of them all, Tulane. It fits in with the pattern, Jimmy, that you talked about in bowl season. This team wants to be there. Oh, and yeah. by the way, 15-3 and three against the spread since last November for Willie Fritz. They have been a great point spread team, too. Uh, it, it, no question. Night and day on uh, who's more excited to be here. Uh, that's what, And that's kind of why I, I'm a little bit – puzzled why Williams would try and uh, give it a go here. So, um, and Tulane, the only thing that cautions me a little bit on Tulane, little bit of an asterisk by that uh, Central Florida, that conference championship win, because when the kid opts out, because he don't want to lose his red shirt, he was so important to the team's success. Castellanos was, it wasn't happening, man, in those series. And they played Plumley on a hamstring injury. Yep. 
of all sorts, and uh, scored three touchdowns in four, uh, four series, and that one to get Central Florida back in the game. But no question about it. Who's more excited? Trust me. Trust me. Tulane. Uh, the few fans that they have in New Orleans are off the, uh, off the charts excited for this one. One more Rose note, Jimmy. Bowl. One more. That, that win at Kansas State in non-conference. Oh, that was, yes, that was a big, big one. Big one, yeah, big one, yeah. No, no, no question, and uh, no, nobody's doubting Willie Fritz in yep. uh, some some of the polls. A uh, runner-up uh, to Dykes as a national yeah. coach of the year. Yeah, uh, he's done a great. They are all in uh, to this one. They will yes. play very, very hard. Utah, and, and I tell you what, I think they're a more physical team uh, as well. Yes. Uh, than USC. Yes. Utah, a two and a half and fifty-two and a half in the Rose Bowl over Penn State. So Utah, this is a. They're back here again after they started off with a very disappointing loss down in the swamp uh, to Florida. Ended on that Cameron Rising uh, third down interception in the uh, inside the 10-yard line uh, where they gave us the game of the year in the bowl season against Ohio State a year ago. And now Penn State. Penn State um, can't kill them. Uh, they beat everybody they're supposed to. Lost to the two and that they were supposed to lose to in Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Franklin's record against top 10 teams is horrendous. However, Utah, two and a half, 52 and a half over Penn State. One sidebar thing here, at this time last year before the Rose Bowl, and you're right, that was a great game last year, really back and forth Donnybrook. Uh, there was a lot of talk that if Whittingham won that game, that he might uh, step away and step down, uh, getting to the point he's thinking about retiring. We're not hearing as much of, or like any of that this year, but I, I just wonder if people are off the scent. And just keep this in mind, if, if Utah wins this game, it might be a nice time for him to bow out. Just This is for post-game stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. for the game here itself, I'll tell you about Utah. Uh, man, uh, you talk about a resourceful quarterback is uh, rising. Uh, he does it with his legs, and we saw him. At, he, I mean, he almost single-handedly beat USC in that regular season game. Uh, but with his arm, too. I mean, good passing numbers, 25 TD passes, just seven picks. I mean, since uh, Whittingham switched to him early last season, I mean, Utah's been on a real roll. And, uh, you know, they've lost twice in the last 12 months in the Rose Bowl. They also lost to UCLA in October, so they'd like to get one here. And I think they're in pretty good position. They don't have too much. A couple of guys are out um, in the portal, but uh, not too much attrition. What I thought was interesting this year, uh, Tavian Thomas, their their top running back from last year, over 1,000 yards. I mean, he'd been hurt a lot this year. And, and Bernard and Jackson came in there, and, I mean, they ran up a storm against USC, and combined they gained almost 1,000 yards this year. So that hasn't really hurt uh, Utah too much. Uh, best defense in the pack, uh, 12-2, uh, tough to run against. And you saw them when they took charge that USC game. I mean, they were just physically beating up USC in the Pac-12 title game. So they're coming in here with some momentum and to make amends for last year. I don't know how good this Penn State is. You'd hit the nail on the head, Jimmy, because they beat the teams they should beat, um, and they lost to the two that they should have lost to. Um, It was one of those losses that really alarms me, though. It was the Michigan game where they just didn't really compete much. And, they, I mean, they couldn't run. Their, own, their, their running attack consisted of one uh, scramble by Clifford for, like, 60 yards. They, other than that, they couldn't run at all. Mm-hmm. Michigan ran for over 400 yards in that game. So you talk about at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and Utah's, you know, one of those sorts of teams, too. Uh, Michigan really battered them. And uh, they also fell apart in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. 
And that game, though, I think they did squeeze out a point spread cover at the end. Uh, Clifford has been around a long time. Uh, it's like his 12th year as a starter there, so uh, he finally gets a shot at, at a Rose Bowl. Uh, and Singleton was really a good uh, freshman running back for them, and he and Allen give them a pretty good one, too. But I'm, I'm a little concerned just the way that didn't work against Michigan, and it was so much of a, of, a, of a beating that they absorbed in that game that I'm really wondering how good this Penn State team really is. Good, but maybe not elite-level good. Utah's got a lot of momentum here, uh, rising. I really like rising. I love the defense. Everything is in place for Utah to make amends for its uh, loss close last year to Ohio State. I think they do it. I'm going to take Utah and lay that short price in Pasadena. Yeah, uh, if Penn State uh, had t- troubles with the uh, – and look, Michigan's better than Utah. No no, no question, okay? Uh, and that, that score was it, not indicative to how badly Michigan controlled them. But a big uh, line of scrimmage uh, program like um, Harbaugh is going back to his roots at Ann Arbor. Make no mistake about Winningham's program at Utah, too. They don't do it with uh, bells and whistles and smoke and mirror. They are a line of scrimmage uh, uh, program yes. uh, in the last couple of years. So that's uh, they really leaned on USC toward the end of that uh, Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas as well. So Brucey has Utah minus 2.5, Tulane plus 1.5, Kansas State minus 5.5, I'm on Bama. Sorry. <laughs> now, trust me, it's not betting with my heart on that one. You know that, Bruce. So, anyway, uh, Bruce, Kansas State, Tulane, and Utah. Happy New Year, Bruce. Great Happy stuff New Year. as always. Okay, take For care. Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet, I'm Jimmy Yacht on Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.